Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I want to work probing into that. I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet. Uh, I'm Chris LaSalle. I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. (laughs) How you doing? Uh, Great. Awesome. Everyone loves talking about probes. Um, (laughs) So we are here. We're back. It's Friday. We're talking about minute 18 of the Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Minute 18 starts with space dock crewmen calling Starfleet with an update of things going badly. Yeah. And ends a minute later with the HMS Bounty zooming towards Earth. Hooray! Stupid name. Stupid. <laughs> That's why we're going to keep calling it that. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, we talked... So we got Sledgehammer uh, calling out to Starfleet. I'm convinced this is the actor David Raish and not Thaddeus <laughs> Golis. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, saying they've just got reserve power left, right? Is that what it is in uh, in space dock? Uh, we've lost all internal power. Starfleet Command, this is space dock, an emergency channel. We've lost all internal power. Except for they've got well, emergency he's... channels and just the batteries, right? It, it, I think it's just they went down and got some Duracells. <laughs> That's all at the very bottom of space dock. That's all that's down there. It's just a pile of batteries. You think there's just a dude down there who's ripping open some Duracell containers? (laughs) Like that's all he's totally doing? Rip. Exactly. So again, you know, last minute I was on the whole like, you know, things are, you know, they lose power. And, you know, we get a great shot of two little shuttles zipping in. Yep. And losing power, and then just magically stopping, like there's no more inertia. Right. They're just they're just stopping, which I just find like they should be cr- crashing into what is, I believe, a Miranda class ship. So you know, another Reliant. They would have just crashed right in the back of that thing. Right. Yeah. Um. I I did some digging on that one because I didn't I did not notice that ship until. I don't know, third or four, third or fourth viewing of the minute because it kind of blends into the background, and then I was like, "Hey," um, but uh, that is not a named ship. I couldn't find. Uh, I couldn't find that. Oh, one. okay. Uh, and in fact, it's actually, <laughs> it's. Uh, I found. I did find a listing for it as an unnamed Miranda class starship. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought it was the Intrepid because you you actually mentioned it briefly last minute right yeah um that they call out both the excelsior and the intrepid in the script to say you know power up and get out of there right yep um but the intrepid is actually another uh uh, constitution class ship so it looks like the enterprise Oh, okay all right which i don't like do you what what, what's your take on on sister ships that that look like the enterprise yeah, I mean, obviously, I want the Enterprise to be unique, and there be only one of them. Yeah, it's it it's a it's like I don't want to see another you know Millennium Falcon. 
even though there's got to be other ones out there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that one just throw, it throws me to see it. It's just a just a picture of it. Like, oh yeah, that's the that's uh, um, the intrepid. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the Enterprise. It's the Enterprise. I mean, out. you know, even the Excelsior has the. I mean, it's it's bigger and does have differences, but it still looks like an Enterprise ship. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, but but bigger and newer. Yeah, but but the Intrepid looks like they took the Enterprise and they changed the name and the numbers, and that's it. They just changed <laughs> the paint job. So it's so from far away you wouldn't know. Right. That it was, you know that's what I mean. It's like yeah, there's so does other it, there's other. So concepts. does it bother that bother you that we see unnamed Miranda class in the Saratoga that look like the Reliant? Do you no, think that no, every no. ship should look unique? Well, so, uh, okay, no, I'm glad you asked this. Uh, I, n- no, because, so every, okay, do I think every ship should look unique? No, I don't, because then you got, then you need a gigantic variety of starship configurations, and you end up with some weird stuff that this looks ridiculous. And, right. Um, I can't remember. I don't think it's the Stargazer, which is like one of Picard's ships, but there's a there's a starship out there that's essentially, you know, it's got the configuration of the Enterprise, but instead of the dish, it's got a ball. Oh, yeah, that's like the medical ships. Yeah, no, I, th- that one drives me up the wall. <laughs> you're, pass- you're passing on the ball ships. Don't like the ball ships. Uh, I like me a dish ship. And uh, so... Um, but I don't have a problem with multiple Miranda classes out there because I think there's something about the Miranda class that I I know it as reliant, as a as a predator, as a you know more of a militaristic ship. So I'm okay with lots of Mirandas floating around out there because um, it seems that they feel more like a fleet. Okay. Uh, but seeing a sister ship of the Enterprise uh, bothers me. And I know it's not, I mean, we, I think we saw, what is it? It's in the original series. There's another one, yep. the Constellation in uh, uh, the Doomsday Machine episode that, you know, it's like a, you know, looks just like the Enterprise and um, it, it weirds me out. Mm. It's like seeing an evil twin of somebody, I guess. What about the four nacelles? Like they have the Enterprise that <laughs> looks like the Enterprise, but it has like four of them. Well, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I guess, are, you know, maybe ask me, now I'm going to see if I can answer it. Has there, Have I liked any ship other than the original Enterprise? <laughs> and the answer to that is, uh, other than Reliant, no. I have not liked any other ship. Mm. I've not liked the Enterprise D. I've not liked the, you know, the, the Enterprise from uh, the, you know, the NX-01, that, that one. Yep. Uh, the B, the C, none of them. I hate them all. <laughs> I don't hate them. Really? <laughs> I don't hate them. I've never liked them. Uh, never liked so them. So you don't like Picard ship? Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't. And It's okay if you don't. I'm well, not going to hold you it why, against I'll, you. I'll tell you why. And I know I'm wrong but saying yeah. this out loud. Uh, I've always thought that the Enterprise from, from Next Generation was CGI. It always had that look to me, like hmm. like kind of almost bad CGI. Yeah. And I know I learned later that that actually is a model. That was a physical model. Right. Um, but however they, you know, uh, 
composited it into the shot and, you know just made it it always looked fake to me it didn't have that realness that the enterprise and original series did um, so just the way it was filmed made it look <clears throat> fake i think I, I think i may have just found a top five for us to uh <laughs> to uh top five uh ship classes that chris loves to hate <laughs> For our, you're talking about for our Patreon episodes, yeah. our weekly for, bonus for episodes yeah. for Saturday morning track. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll stop. So uh, we're <laughs> no, it's fine. It's all it's all good. I am a big fan as well of the the original series as well as the movie Enterprise. You know, the 1701 and the 1701A. Yeah. I'm a big fan of those two ships. I'm also a big fan of the Reliant. I am not as big a fan of the D from Next Generation. However, I am a big fan of the E from the Next Generation movies. I feel like it looks so sleek and cool that it almost looks like it's a warship. Hmm. Is, but, that, the, is that the one that crashed? No, the D is the one that crashes in... Uh, uh, generations. Minute. Generations. Yeah. I, was, the, I get those all confused about when that yeah. ship crashed. <laughs> Where they split the saucer and yeah. the saucer crashes. Yeah, yeah. Riker riding it down to the surface. I mean, I like the Voyager. I think the Voyager looks pretty cool when the nacelles sort of go down to the side and, you know, then it goes into warp. And obviously we're getting way off track of this minute. <laughs> Let's take it back around. So we started this because we saw the Miranda class, the unnamed yes. Miranda class, and then and we got the the little shuttles. But then you also have there's another ship out in the out in the distance in space dock, which yep. I, I think is the um, Excelsior again. Yes, but I'm totally it, it's throwing me because it's facing the space doors. Right. And in the last shot that we saw them, we saw them looking over, you know, with the Hans and Franz there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're looking at, um, they're looking at Excelsior almost from the side, and the space doors are off to yeah. its right. Which I guess maybe we know there's space doors all the way around, so maybe that is okay. Um, you know, that might work. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I have to know. take that back. It's, it's hard to tell the geography inside. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming that's the Excelsior up there, but it could be another ship. Yeah. There should be more ships in there. I'd like to have more ships in there. I would, th I would think so. I mean, yeah, I would think that you'd have a few again. It goes back to my whole thing about being ill-prepared. I mean, uh, you would think that there's more ships here. Yeah. It's Space Dock. It's, it's Space Dock. It's a name. It's a dock. Everybody loves Space Dock. Hey. Uh, okay, so as I'm talking to you yep. and we're we're moving forward through the minute, yep. I, I completely missed that <laughs> the, they cut back to the whale probe outside. Yeah, the space dock is in the shot. I didn't know it is. That. Yeah, that's yeah. I, and again, I think we get a great idea. And and I don't remember seeing this scene in you know in previous. Obviously, you know we see we've watched these minutes over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and this is the first time I think I've really seen like the scale of the probe. Right. Like it's 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 huge. It's huge. Like just like the script said. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, that ball is the you know the brain looks like it's almost as big as space dock. Yeah, exactly. It's about as tall as it looks like it's almost as tall yeah. as yeah. Um. So there we there there we go. More and more proof that the probe is big. 
It's big, bigger than big. your head. Big. <laughs> and it's made it to Earth because it's kind of it's it's again passed by space dock and uh, cameras angles change and there's Earth. Yep. Um, so I've got some stuff on the probe. Some tidbits. I got lots of tidbits. Let's do it. Okay. So we've speculated a little bit so far. Um, is the probe a machine? Is the probe a thing? Like a sentient being? Yep. Um, in the script, uh, it says, um, as the probe passes by, it says the, uh, the probe is entering Earth's orbit. It says the probe's thrusters fire and it slows to orbit the blue marble below. Mm. I'm assuming if it's got thrusters, it's a machine. It, you mean like a vessel, like it's not a being? Right, meaning like, it's, a, like, it's a creature. Yeah, like... Well, no, I mean, it's not a creature because it has thrusters. Right. Creatures don't have thrusters. Well, did Beecher they? did. Beecher had... Beecher was... Wait a minute. We're not going to talk about this minute at all today, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to get you off track. Uh, no, I agree. It. Um, I always thought this was a ship, mm-hmm. and I thought the brain was part of the creature. Oh, inside. Oh, okay, interesting. So, so you're saying it's a combination? There's something riding in there. Uh, right. Yeah. And the brain is part of the the sentient being. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Great. Then you solved. You solved. You answered one thing for me. Sure. I'll buy that. Okay. So we've been calling it the probe <clears throat> so far, right? We're I'm in 18. Well, I think yeah, that's what everyone calls it. Yeah. Everyone calls it the whale probe. Yep. Guess who doesn't call it the whale probe? Mm, Vonda McIntyre. Vonda McIntyre doesn't call it the whale probe. It has a name. Let me get to page one of the novelization of Ooh. The Voyage Home. Prologue. The first sentence of the book is the traveler sang. Mm. She, the the probe has a name, the traveler. Okay. Throughout the book. So that would intimate that the probe itself, thrusters and all, is a sentient being, not a ship. That is what she is heavily implying yeah uh, in good because the, the 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 traveler has you know there's there's chapters devoted to the traveler and wh- why it's headed to earth because it stopped hearing the the whale song um that's why it, it changed directions and headed to earth um so it's 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 she's treating it like a creature right um and traveler um uh, I got hung up a little bit on Traveler because isn't uh, in Ghostbusters isn't Gozer the the Traveler? Gozer Gozer the Destructor Gozer the Traveler. <laughs> okay. So I could be stretching a little bit too far there. I think you're stretching a little too far there, man. So we'll just stick with Traveler, not Gozer. Yeah, we'll just call it the Probe or the Traveler. Okay, the Traveler. All right, I was going to try and make that stick, but I'm all right with that. Uh, so yeah, the travelers arrived, and um, we get the uh, the brain starting to do its thing, starting to shift and turn and twist, and yep, 
Um, and then we get the, uh, some ocean action. We do. We get, uh, it looks like the ocean is being vaporized into the atmosphere, which is forming the clouds. Uh, I agree. Although I don't like the, uh, well, I think the, the water kind of shooting up into the, uh, shooting up out of the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and the clouds forming in that shot looks, you know, looks pretty cool. It does. Um, you know, like there's, you know, some kind of, you know, it's traveling in a line. Um, right. But then the, the, the second shot of just the clouds, mm. that looks like it's being run in reverse to me. I think so. Yeah, or is it just Dennis and how clouds work? Um, um, hmm. I don't know. I yeah, I like the scene with a wall of. Uh, I think it's just sped up. I think it's just sped up formation of clouds. I think it looks pretty pretty normal. Okay, all right. So it's not so it's not me just thinking it's going yeah. for us. All right. I was half expecting to see you know Mongo in there and seeing Flash fly through in his little rocket ship. <laughs> Uh, yes. His rocket sled? Yep. So what do you think it's, what do you think the probe is, is doing here? You think it's... So I think it's destroying the ocean. I mean, it's clearly vaporizing the water to be clouds. I mean, obviously it's a cycle. I mean, you take the, you know, the water evaporates into the air, forms clouds, and then it rains and so forth, so on. Um, but it, I mean, it's obviously heavily doing that. And by doing that, the clouds will cover the earth and block out the sun, much right. like the matrix. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, with, with no sun comes no heat or, you know, in certain circumstances, power. Yep. So, yeah, I would think it's. So do you think it's doing it? <clears throat> yeah. We've been, talk, we've been talking about it already, like, is it deliberately causing trouble, right? All, all, everything right. passes by, loses power. Now it's so, Earth, and it's... So I'm going to break a rule, because I we want to talk about this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break a rule. Okay. And knowing what we know about this movie, we know that the pro, what the probe is looking for. Right. And my, my question was, why is it trying to hurt the ocean? Like, clearly, it's vaporizing the oceans to um you know to become clouds and cover the planet which in my opinion if you're looking for something in the ocean why destroy the thing that's housing the thing that's in the ocean you know what i mean well i i was you know let's go simplistic is he just <clears throat> trying to drain the ocean a little bit to try and find these <laughs> trying to find the whales i mean there's too much water here let me just let me get rid of some of the water and i can find them more easily so Sure, but that would be like, you know, I'm going to raise some volcanoes and, you know, burn down the trees so that I can find where the humans are. All right. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but anyway. Do you, uh, do you, I, I'm wondering, though, is, is, this, is this a side effect of it trying to uh, call out to the whales? Like, is this, you know, it's whatever signal it's using to, it's accidentally, you know, shutting down all the starships and space dock and all the power on Earth. You know, is this just a side effect of its transmission? It's like, 
Uh, oops, it's vaporized in the oceans. Mm. I, let me put it this way. That's what I always thought was going on. I thought this is all uh, accidental. It's here. It's trying to find the whale. It's trying to talk to yeah. them. Oh, I always, I always, I always thought that in terms of like the starship and the space dock, that it was, yeah, it was a byproduct of, and I think I may have mentioned that before, that I thought it was just a byproduct of his, its signal. It didn't know how powerful it was, you know, and communi- trying to communicate with the whales. Yeah, I totally, I totally buy that. Okay. But the fact that it directs it at the ocean and therefore destroying the ocean, mm, yeah, I, 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 I feel like that's. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like they may not have known the destructive power of the signal. Okay. So you want to know what Vonda thinks? I do, because <laughs> I'm very curious about this. Okay. So Vonda <clears throat> has, uh, uh, has assigned some uh, menace to the traveler. Um, in that when it arrives, um, you know, in chapter three, no less, we're not too far into the book, uh uh, there's there's a line here that said, this is a marginally acceptable world and the traveler could give it new voices, but first its surface must be sterilized. Um, so it's, um, uh, it needs to, a uh, traveler would lower the temperature until glaciers covered the land and the seas froze solid. Whatever had destroyed the intelligence that once existed here would itself be destroyed. And after a few eons, the traveler would permit the temperature to rise again, leaving a tropical world devoid of life. Then the traveler could reseed. Mm. What? So, <laughs> so this is like dark stuff. Yeah, I don't get that at all from, I mean, obviously, <laughs> when you say that, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, as it's going through, it's destroying all the ships and... Uh, space dock and all the people on them like are clearly going to die and it's targeting the ocean so it's clearly going to block up the sun and make it cold and you know and uninhabitable but yeah like, I, I yeah when, when you told me that I kind of was like yeah I guess this all sort of makes sense <laughs> um, yeah I just uh, it's I wish there was a way like I I I, I like the, the the this interpretation of it that's in the that's in the novel, um, but I wish they could have found a way to communicate that through the film because because you don't you don't you don't quite get that right you just okay the probe's here it's doing some bad stuff is it doing it on purpose is it by you know just like we were speculating before right um, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, you almost want to see some like you know angry eyes on the probe, like I'm going to take care of you. You know, I don't know. How do you how do you how do you convey all this in film that it's a uh, that is trying to wipe things out deliberately? Mm. Mm. Um, so does that? I mean, does that change it for you? Does that you know? Is that uh, a little bit? Because yeah, because I thought the probe was there for benevolent reasons like you know it, it hadn't communicated with the whales for some time and therefore was coming to see what uh what was going on right just checking why in. yeah just checking in why why are there no whales like yeah. like what's going on i didn't realize it was there like to say 
hey, we haven't gotten any communication from these whales in quite some time. Eh, let's hit the reset button. Yeah, that's what it's doing. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty, uh, not shocked, uh, but uh, pretty like, wow. That, I mean, having that information in hand kind of, you know, puts a different spin on the movie. And in some ways, you know, the, the, the levity that we're going to be getting, you know, um, later in the film is going to be kind of contrasted with this uh, hostility uh, that's going on in the... Right, yeah. Right. So something to think about. Is, I don't know if... I hope I didn't ruin anything for you. Like, no, uh, no, no. It's, it's, it's great to know that. It puts, it puts some of the things in context because, like I said, I had the question of, you know, when the probe comes in, it's clearly targeting the water. And if you're looking for something in the water, why would you de facto destroy the water? I, I was always confused by that. And now that you read that, it totally makes sense. And this goes back to an even, you know, a, a bigger question is, which, which comes first, the movie or the novelization? Like, did Vonda McIntyre write the novelization based on information like the script? Like, I, I'm, I would love to talk to her and, and, and get more information on the, on the process of saying, like, uh, you know, how this right what were how much how much uh where like are you just making this stuff up or was this like this is the overarching thing but this is what they filmed and this is how they put it together and even though it doesn't fit like you have the really the grand scope of what was happening right yeah cuz this the script the copy of the script i'm looking at it doesn't it does not say it's only describing what the probe is doing right um as far as you know vaporizing the ocean and causing the cloud cover um but it doesn't, it doesn't say why, right? It doesn't say that that's, you know, the probe is intending to wipe out the life on the planet. Um, and so, yeah, I w- I'd be curious too, to, you know, Vonda obviously have conversations with, with Harv Bennett and Leonard Nimoy because they came right. up with the story and they, right. know, they filled her in on some of this stuff. Yep. Um, that's, I would assume so, because it seems like a bit of a, there'd be a lot of creative license for her to be just assigning all of this, this uh, malice to this, <laughs> to this probe that, uh, and just, you know, kind of making it a darker story. Right, yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah. So keep that in your back pocket as we <laughs> keep watching what's going on. Because, um, you know, it's, it, I, and I, I like it, actually, because it, it just adds more urgency. To, I mean, those, and I know this, you know, they've made this, uh, they built the urgency in that Earth's running out of power and people are dying yep. or potentially going to die. <clears throat> but if there's... Um, I don't know. I never get that sense of like, you know, it's really urgent. You know what I mean? Like right. all life's going to be wiped out. You know, it's, and so this just adds that level of, of uh-oh um, to the film for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, this this adds clarification. Yep. Which I'm sure we're going to revisit this discussion and talk about this again at the end of the movie because I'm going to have other questions <laughs> at the end of the movie. Okay. Only a hundred or so minutes from now. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, then, uh, what's left? Uh, I guess there's one small miss, small bit at the end of the minute where the bird of prey is is on its way. Yep. It's zooming. Yeah. And it's just zoom. <laughs> and and that's the end of the minute. That's the end of the minute. <laughs> zoom. Let's leave right there. Um. All right. Uh, did you have anything else though, Dave? Anything else you wanted to? I don't. I, yeah, we talked about the, the big thing that I think we both wanted to discuss. 
Yes, sir. All right. Well, then, uh, hey, it's Friday. And uh, uh, Friday is the day uh, that we talk about our patrons. Uh, so this season we uh, we decided we started up a, uh, a Patreon for Star Trek Minute and uh, invite you, the listeners, to <clears throat> come and uh, uh, sponsor the show. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of uh, different levels you can sponsor the uh, the show at, uh, different amounts, and uh, uh, depending on the amount you, you donate, um, uh, we have different things that we give back to everybody, including um, a weekly bonus episode. So if you want to hear hear us yapping more than three days a week, uh, we've got a weekly bonus sh- uh, show that's available to, for our Patreon listeners. Um, so if you head on over to StarTrekMinute.com and click on the Patreon link, uh, you can find all the info there. Um, and uh, one of the uh, one of the perks that we we uh, we give is that we want to acknowledge our patrons on air. Um, so are you ready, Dave? All right. So who do we have? We have – so we'd like to thank our, uh, you know, our Patreons. And, uh, are, they, we're are, start... they, are they Patreons or patrons? Patrons. Patrons? Patrons, I guess. I like calling them Patreons, even though Patreons. I don't think that's the thing. You are a Patreon. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I interrupted. Nope, that's fine. Uh, we're going to thank Timmy Bricks. Timmy Bricks. We're going to thank Conrad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that he keeps changing his name. Uh, we are the Davids. Your Patreon will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. <laughs> which was our uh, David is not the only David. Yep. Uh, Captain America. Good old Steve. Uh, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, our good friends over at Giraffe Bear. They do good work. The Carlisles. We love the Carlisles. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. You got it? Yep. Thank you. Oh, one more. You missed one. Kevin. Oh, yep. I missed one, Kevin. Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. The mixed bag. You were, in, were you going to random order this week? I think I was just going in whatever order I, uh, Which I had. Which you sorted the list. Yep. <laughs> Uh, well, cool. Thanks, one and all, uh, for for sponsoring the show. We uh, we really appreciate it. We're humbled by your uh, by your patronage. Um, and yeah, uh, and again, if you folks uh, folks are interested, the uh, the the weekly episodes, or if you sign up, I think uh, you sign up, you get access to uh, the new weekly episodes, but also the all the uh, the ones in the past too. So there's a uh, there's some yep. content content building up out there as as the, as the season goes on. So. Um, Thanks again to all our patrons. Yep. Thank you. All right. Well, then uh, let's uh, let's uh, head for the weekend, and uh, we'll be back again on Monday talking about Minute 19 of The Voyage Home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye. <laughs>